Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I always have personal safety, thermal regulation, and hydration at the forefront of everything that I do. On a regular basis, I will stop and look at a map and go, okay, if I need to find water, this is where I'll go from here. And so if you're getting a hunger pain or just a, you know, a twinge of hunger, then drink some water and see if that takes care of it. Oftentimes it will. Hey everybody, welcome to The Survival Show Podcast with Craig and me, David, where it's our job to take you step-by-step through the mindset, skills, tactics, and gear you need to survive almost any crisis, emergency, or disaster and show you how to use the lessons you learned today to thrive in your life tomorrow. Craig, I'm back. It's good to be back. I was trying to think of theme songs here. I was thinking of, uh, remember, (laughs) Welcome Back, Cotter? Welcome back, welcome back, welcome. Sorry, I won't sing it. Um, stop. <laughs> well, and then there was I a Hall and Oates probably better than me. Oh, there was no, a Hall and Oates song. Oates, man. 80s. <laughs> back together again 80s, or but something? I don't love Hall and Oates. No, <laughs> negative. Negative. That's a negative, Ghost Rider. Yeah, thank you for carrying the load and the podcast with some really terrific and thought-provoking content through December. There's some heavy subject matter during December from Mo Craig Cottle on the Survival Show yeah, podcast. You got, you got Super serious. heavy, man. What was it? The new decade yeah, coming a, or what? Man, I just, as I told some folks in the pod, one of the podcasts, particularly the one about China, that uh, it was just, when I went to that FBI meeting, there was just some things that need to be told. And it's, it was... I looked at the guy that I had went to the meeting with and I said, man, how many threats are like this out there? Because he's really heavily involved. And he's like, dude, just it's there's hundreds of them. They're like this. And you just I mean, it's it's advisable that we know it's just you just can't sit back and if you sit back and look at every one of them, you'll never go outside mm-hmm. the house. So you're going to. Yeah. So we're, about we're living not slowly dying in the house that's for sure so you got to check this out this is, it's really interesting producer ben turned me onto this and then we'll, we'll get on with the show here but i think our listeners might be interested in this too have you ever seen the infographic show on youtube mm, infographic show no i have not you gotta check it out okay so they do these interesting things like the united states against the world the united states against china and they, they do like this assessment of capabilities and geopolitical events. And then they kind of come up with a scenario that they think would happen. You can, yeah, go check it out. It's very interesting. Hmm. Yeah, as I you like mentioned. Kind of stuff. So what have you been doing so far in this new decade? What is going on with Mr. Craig Cottle? Man, we started off the new year with a advanced survival course with a couple of teams of hardy, hardy men out in the woods did an exceptionally good job they did and it was it was cold it was rainy and snowy 
a whole lot of surviving without fires in those conditions with very minimal loadouts and turkeys. We were talking about turkeys earlier. We had a, about 15 turkeys roost above us. So everybody was like, how are we going to get one of those things down from the tree? Because we shall eat it if we do. And we didn't make it happen. But anyway, yeah, it was a great class. That was, that was a big start to the new year. Outdoor Core, been doing a lot of work with them, online coursework. That's going to be a big focus for me in the new year for sure. Filming another one of those this week with our buddy Creek. We need to get Creek on here again. I like talking to Creek. We do. He's on here we do. Us. We'll do that. Get him on, on here in the next couple of weeks. Yeah. Creek's a good guy. That's it, man. It's a good start. Everything's going well uh, for the Cottle House. So doing real well. Cool. Well, you've been up to, my friend. Well, some people in my life recommended that I try and rev down a little bit for Christmas. So I did that. I did that. It was hard at first. And then it was, <laughs> it was hard to get out of it, <laughs> to be honest with you. And, uh, you know, we were, because we were in the midst of a, a really nice bit of traffic on Amazon with the tiny survival stuff. And uh, we've been prepping out five new Tiny Survival gear products that we're launching soon on Amazon and tinysurvival.com. So that's kind of cool. And, and uh, a couple of those involve the Tiny Survival Guide. Some kits that pre-designed, kind of like DIY kits. So the guide's there, a starter survival kit, and my survival tin, and my... You don't have these. I got to get these to you yet. Sorry, dude. I just, just, just finished up the... the uh, water bottle compass kit so i gotta get that to you because i think hmm. you're gonna think it's pretty cool yeah man send it son and send and, it but most importantly my craig coddle shamanese knife is out for delivery today my friend yeah i got the oh is it nice yeah good for you so i'm pretty stoked about that you will be standing and walking tall when you get that <laughs> bad boy let me tell you right now i had right before we got on i had a guy call me and he's like Craig, this is Dan Clements. I bought one of your Shaman East knives, and I'm like, "Yes, sir. How? What can I? What can I do for you?" And he's like, "Man, here's the deal." And he was real direct, and I was like, "Oh man, this guy's really disappointed, you know." And he's like, "I know you're going to get a hundred calls before me. You've probably got already got those. You're going to get a hundred calls after me, but I just want to tell you, this is the greatest knife I've ever <laughs> held in my hands." <laughs> I was like. Oh man, thank you, sir, so much for giving me a call. You know, I mean, is uh, I really appreciate when people take the time to to write and call and all that kind of encouragement, and it's it's just yeah, good for yeah. good for the soul. Well, I'm really stoked about your knife coming, but I'm especially psyched about what we're going to share with our listeners today. Do you have any idea what that is? Yeah, guys and gals here. You know, as always, our mission here is to progressively help and increase your survival IQ, so you leave out of here better prepared at the end of the show than you were at the beginning. Our last podcast, what we covered was EDC, what I refer to as Tier 1 Carry Gear, EDC being Everyday Carry. And a lot of you really like that podcast, we can tell, because we saw how many downloads, which is awesome. Thank you for the downloads. Thank you for the subscriptions. Appreciate that very much. And what we wanted to do was, because that was such a popular podcast, was to dig into what comes after EDC. And I have a way of looking at it. David has a way of looking at it. We end up arriving pretty much at the same spot. 
but it's what I refer to as tiers of gear. You know, tier one, which is your EDC. Tier two is your get home carry. Tier three is your sustainment carry. Tier four, never going home carry. And all the way that I approach gear is based upon some good special forces instructors that that's basically how they look at it. And so uh, I stole those ideas from those good friends of mine. And uh, we're going to go over that today. As far as we can get, because last time, Craig, if you remember correctly, we planned on getting through a bunch of stuff. And I think we talked about just the basics of gear in general and introduction to everyday carry gear. If you haven't heard that, I believe that was in November. I'm not sure what number of a podcast that was. Go back and listen to that. And I the the bulk of what we covered was was actually our clothing. So in this one, if we can kind of start. Oh, it was, was Yeah, if we can start on not clothing, yeah. but just like pocket carry stuff and like any stuff that we carry on our yeah. belts, then we'll go from there. How's that sound? Yeah, that sounds cool. Really good. Yeah. So you got any word from our sponsors today? Yeah, guys and gals, listen up. Sportsman's Guide is back. Back. They're back. I went over to the website today to check them out and see what they have going on. Ammo. Anybody here shoot any guns recently? You're going to be shooting any guns? All of you in in the Communist Republic of Virginia down there probably need to order up some ammo from wherever. Sportsman's Guide, get some in stock. Man, that, that situation is driving me crazy. That's another podcast. I don't know if it goes live. It'll probably go live today from Ben, producer Ben. But, um, yeah, they've got a huge sale going on, ammunition, and all kinds of shooting sports additions and accoutrement and all that good stuff. So go check out Sportsman's Guide. And let them know you, that you're from the Survival Show Podcast. All right, man. You ready to get into this? Let's do it. So as Craig mentioned earlier, we're going to talk through everyday carry. I think, Craig, what we're going to do is, like you had mentioned, tiers of gear right on up through bug out bags and how that how that system kind of works in our minds. And uh, I agree with you. I looked through your notes and then you asked me here to add some of my own ideas as far as the way I look at it. And, and we do, we, we essentially arrive at the same point. So how do you want to go on from here? Well, what I thought we would do is if we can just, it probably wouldn't hurt to hear an overview of how you take on or how you consider your gear. Like uh, basically mine again is tier one, tier two, three, and four, which is EDC, get home, sustainment, and never go home, Carrie. Those are my four tiers of gear. Um, won't, won't you give everybody your overview and see your approach? And again, our we never pretended to agree on everything, and I th- we arrive at the same spot. So let's hear okay. another way of thinking sure. about it. So just want to let our listeners know that I think we have 20 to 24 gear checklists in the tiny survival guide. We won't be exclusively working off of those, but a lot of this stuff is broken down into the different sections like first aid or shelter or fire, and there's usually a gear checklist that goes goes along with every section. Now, you can take all of those individual uh, survival components and then you can put together uh, categories of gear like we're talking about. And I pretty much broke mine down into tiers. My tiers are just organized a little bit differently. And I, I think of them, Craig, 
and maybe three larger categories, size, portability, and situation. And so, so when I look at this, I look at like, what's my basic everyday carry? So we did talk about clothing last time we were together. And uh, then I, then I talk about everyday carry gear. And this is, this is the gear that I consider that you have on you almost all the time. And this is where we'll start today. My neck, that would be my first tier, just the, the stuff, your clothing, the things that are always with you. Then I have my tier two, which I call almost always carry. So ACC, almost always carry. And, and this gets into, it jumps right up to me for the beyond everyday carry stuff. And this would, for me, it includes a pack. So if I'm going to go more than a couple miles from my house, I have an everyday carry pack. This could be for you a, a, a belt system, a, a chest rig, a loadout, a sling bag, even just kind of loading up your cargo pockets. And uh, we some people could call this a get-home bag or everyday carry pack. For me, what this looks like is I have a basic pack that's largely empty with the side pockets and some of the pockets filled. There's always, always in here. I've got a small survival kit right now. I'm sporting the tiny survival uh, pocket 45 advanced survival kit, a hot, small hygiene kit, um, a battery brick, and a... Hey, and I think I think it's worthy of mentioning too, David, that uh, the tiny survival gear, the kits, were not something that you thought, all right, cool, let's just make some money on this. It's stuff that you've been carrying for a while, and then you decided, hey, let me see if I can help people put this together like I've been carrying it. So, it's, I mean, this is stuff that you've been carrying for a while. Uh, some stuff you've probably gotten rid of and stuff of that nature. I mean, it's all been improved upon, right? I mean, I'm looking at that properly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, so these these little mini kits that I swap in and out of my uh, out of my other kits, you're right. I, I have been carrying these items for a long time, everyday carry. And I had, I actually have, I, I have those original kits. And then I, I tried to uh, think about it holistically. What could I put in these kits so people could either just grab the kit, throw it in their pocket and their pack or put it in an Altoids, Altoids tin or something like that. So yeah, these are, these specific kits I've actually been working on for about two years and you and I have kicked around a lot of ideas too that were incorporated into these. So I've got these little kits. I've got a little hygiene kit. I've got a little power kit. There's, I always carry uh, granola energy bars, about a three day food supply. There's always a water kit, which includes uh, my water bottles and, and a, uh, small filter. There's always some lighting in there. And I usually actually have a little communication kit, which is two really good waterproof two-way radios, a knife, and then whatever else. Now, now what I do is I have various upgraded kits that I can throw in there, like a mini clothing kit, a travel biohazard kit, a sleeping kit, a personal safety kit add-on, since I always carry some personal safety items with me in my everyday carry. And then what ends up happening is as I add to it, it can actually become my bug out bag and sustain two people uh, for three days if I had to on foot. So that would be my tier two uh, bug out bag. Bug out bag would be the next tier up, which which my almost always carry kit kind of becomes. Then my tier four would be my vehicle carry kit. 
And I would, I would put as like tier four a, this would be my never going home kit because if I could, I would be carrying my never going home kit in a vehicle. I wouldn't want to carry that on my back. And then my fifth tier would be my bug in or a stay at home kit, which people would call their prepper, you know, their prepper kit or whatever, which honestly, Craig, this is the most useful kit to me because of all the power outages we have around here. So I get to practice and and upgrade and (laughs) and modify this kit all the time because when you lose power and water, you need to do something. So, uh, and that happens, as you know, around where I live three, four times a year, sometimes for, we just had one, the power was out for three days. So that can happen in a heartbeat. So that, those are, those are my tiers. So mostly it's mostly a, uh, I, I go in my first three tiers kind of modular and those modular kits can be added to the vehicle kit. And then of course, if I'm bugging in or staying home, those kits are going to be with me, but then you've got to consider, uh, water and power and some some extra things for a long term survival situation. Why don't you Why don't you maybe bring us into then a little bit more on on your system and how you're thinking about this, and then uh, take us wherever you want to go from here. Well, what I thought we'd do since we've had an overview, what we'll dig into is maybe some more specific items that we have in these kits, and uh, I'll throw out what I'm carrying, and you any comments that you have, throw them at us. And that way we can, okay. and we're going to go good. back. You want to go back and hit some of this EDC stuff too? Cause we, again, I, I hadn't remember that, but when you stated it, we were primarily digging into just clothing that last time, weren't we? Yeah. Which is super important. Yeah. Okay. So but yeah, let's go ahead. Why don't you go ahead and empty your pockets and, and tell me what, what you EDC. Okay. So for me, uh, EDC is going to, let's, let's put these into small categories as well. First is identification and money. I mean, I carry a wallet, I carry it with me everywhere I go. And in that wallet, I have obviously the things that I need to, to identify myself. I always try to carry cash to, uh, wherever I'm going. If I'm, even if I'm going to teach in Wisconsin, for example, I will know have enough cash to buy my gas on the way back and up. That way, if my cards quit working or something, I have the ability to go back home to get back home from a from a. Uh, oh man, I've lost my whatever. Usually, uh, I have those things with me personally. Uh, I always have some sort of communications equipment. Right now, it's a cell phone. I have a cell phone that I utilize for texting and calling and all the basic stuff like most of us do. I have what I refer to as my travel tools, <laughs> the things that are on my keychain. And on my keychain, I have a uh, Rescue Me device, which is a seatbelt cutter as well as a glass breaker that I carry on my keychain. I also have a mini, um, I can't remember the maker of that light, but I got a mini light on there. And I have an Exotac ferro rod on my keychain. So I have fire starting material there. I always carry an edge tool with me. Uh, that has been changing as of late. I lost my go-to pocket knife that I've been carrying for a long time back during deer season, dragging a deer out. And so uh, my daughter gave me a, a folder for Christmas that I'm carrying now, but I'm starting to carry another a fixed blade with me all day, every day, too. I've uh, been doing some knife fighting and feel comfortable enough to to be able to carry a fixed blade, small fixed blade that I can utilize for my self-defense and not 
hurt myself. And so I'm carrying that as well. I always carry a flashlight with me outside of the one I have on my keychain. And I typically carry um, a self-defense tool, some sort of firearm, depending upon where I'm going, where it's legal and whatnot. And then I carry medical supplies. I carry a tourniquet on me as well as some hemostatic gauze that I carry with me as well. Um, and, um, uh, for a long time, I used to have some cordage that was on my keychain, but it got to be too much of a keychain. So I took the cordage off and, and basically that is all the stuff I think that I'm carrying in my pockets because right now I'm sitting in a shorts and t-shirt at my desk. So I don't have all that in my pockets on me right now. It's right over there in my bedroom and I'm not in my bedroom right now. So there you have it. That's a really good list, Craig. And a lot of my things are similar. Communication tool, obviously our the cell phone. Yep. It's a navigation tool as long as things are working too. It's a lot of tools, really, when it gets right down to it. Uh, mini light, same thing on my keychain. I don't have a ferro rod on my keychain, which that's really... Did you say that was an Exotac? Exotac's good company. Good group of guys out there. Uh, they make some... They make some fair rods that fit right on your keychain, and and uh, they work exceptionally well. Nice. Gosh, I probably said it a hundred times on the podcast, but my primary edge tool is my Leatherman Wave. That's always, literally, always on my belt. Whenever I'm wearing a belt, which is whenever I have pants on, <laughs> which is not when I'm exercising or <laughs> sitting around in shorts on a cold <laughs> winter day like Craig is, um, it's always on my belt. And that includes, if you're not familiar with the Leatherman Wave, it's a nice, I would call this a mid to smaller multi-tool, really, because there are some ones that are quite bigger, but it's a couple, got a couple of blades on it. It's got the pliers, it's got screwdrivers, it's got all the basics, including you're a diamond You're sitting there playing file. with it right now, aren't you? I was playing with it. Yes, I was. Um, so I've, I've got that. And uh, so I don't carry a pocket knife. I do often carry the MSK-1 mini knife as a a necker. Some people have engineered them to carry them in their waistband for hunting or whatever, but I I carry mine as a neck knife. Uh, Personal safety tool, yes. Yes, uh, I've actually, Craig, I've actually been carrying. I ditched the Nano. Can you believe I ditched the Nano? And uh, a hen. You yes, you can. <laughs> uh, but you're not gonna believe what I ditched it for. We Ahin and I have been doing some firearms training on the range here, and I found out that I was most proficient in in drills and, and training on a literally a Ruger LCP three eighty uh I don't know, version one. I picked it up for like ninety dollars. And uh, anyway, it's a good little pocket pistol. I've been carrying that in my wallet. You didn't mention your wallet carry stuff, but I have a tiny survival guide. Uh, my wallet, I've got money like Craig, not as much as he carries. <laughs> um, tiny survival guide. I've got a tiny survival card and I've got the tiny knife sharpener in there, which has been really handy. I've got a razor blade. Uh, duct taped to the inside of my wallet and my ferro rod is a one of those smaller i think this is a two inch ferro rod that i have 
duct taped to the inseam of my wallet. <laughs> and, and I have some stropping compound on the center portion of my leather wallet. That way I can polish up a blade if I need to in the field. That's it, my friend. That's it. I think. Yeah, that's a good. I think that's a good chunk of EDC right there. Yeah, I don't carry any first aid items on me. I know you're really big on on carrying a tourniquet. I wish I could find something that was a little that could do the same thing. That's a little bit smaller than Fister. Man, look up Fister. Fister. It's, it's a little tourniquet holder that you put on your belt, and oh, once okay. it goes on there, you don't even know it's there. You'll never even remember it's there. So it'd be like my Leatherman Wave. It'd just be one on the other side, too. Yeah, and this one, other than, and I don't know how you carry your Wave, but this thing carries horizontal instead of vertical on your belt. I oh, mean, okay. you literally just don't know it's there. I mean, I put it center line of my body right next to the buckle, and it's not, uh, it's just not an issue. And what do you do? Do you just carry a little, uh, piece of hemostatic gauze you want to tell people what hemostatic gauze is anyway hemostatic gauze is just gauze that you place into an area where you're bleeding uh bleeding a lot and it helps to clot the blood and stop it from continuing to come out of your body and not like uh, tampons do tampons just plug the hole in the and the blood just backs up right there sometimes you can use them to put pressure on a wound but a hemostatic agent actually physically helps to clot the area that's that's bleeding so that it'll stop bleeding and i usually carry that in just a pocket and it's not much bigger than a credit card the size that i carry and it's got plenty of gauze to do what i need it to do and after going through uh, stop the bleed training again which i've done several times uh, the it, it seems like the research is and the, they came out with a fantastic study on this recently but uh, it seems like the research is there to just cram a wound site full of something is better than nothing. A hemostatic agent is, is really good. But if you don't have anything, then, yeah, a tampon, just shove it in there. Uh, dirt, shove it in there just to stop the bleeding. Because the pressure on the artery itself will help. Uh, if, if something's putting pressure on it, it's going to help stop it. I'm no medical person at all, so you need to get some good training like stop the bleed or uh, tactical combat casualty care or something of that nature, which I've been through both of those, I don't know, nine or ten times. Good stuff. All right, so Yeah, that... you want to move on? Yeah, let's do it. So if that's, again, what we would call our what, – what I would call my tier one mm-hmm. and what we want to do getting into tier two – What'd you call tier two? Basically, uh, ACC almost, almost always, carry. always carry. Yeah, I like that. That's a pretty good way of saying it. Almost because I almost do too. This stuff goes in the truck and out the door with me every day. Uh, it's in my house, very close to me, so that if I have to grab it for something, I can grab it and utilize it too. But again, categorizing things and just as just to have a foundation of understanding i always talk about the law threes you can't live more than 3 minutes without blood flow you can't live more than 3 hours without maintaining your core body temp can't uh, core body temp can't live more than 3 days without water 3 weeks without food 3 months without human assistance that's my foundation of study now you've got to have some critical thinking skills to be able to utilize that effectively but with that in mind, I always have personal safety, thermal regulation, and hydration at the forefront of everything that I do. 
And so as far as other things that I'm going to carry out the door with me, I'm going to have some gauze and duct tape just because they solve a lot of problems. And I utilize some of them this weekend in class, gauze and duct tape, H and H bandage, which is an expanding bandage, usually vacuum sealed. You'll take it down to about the size of a little Debbie Brownie, I guess. I'm just trying to think of something that looks about the same size. And when it expands, it comes out about the size of a brick. And so you've got a lot of gauze there that you can shove into a, a large wound cavity. I like to take uh, over-the-counter meds. This is one of the things that just stays in my truck. Some over-the-counter medicines like ibuprofen, antihistamines, analgesics, and stuff of that nature. Over and above that, for personal safety, I carry in my first aid kit a chest decompression needle. I have iodine and hand sanitizer just to help clean around wound sites and keep my hands clean if I have to do something personal safety-wise. Uh, for loss-proofing myself, one of the things that I do is I utilize Gaia GPS on my phone. I have a fantastic GPS um, software. Gaia GPS works exceptionally well. I think I talked about that on one of our podcasts too. But I also always carry a bank of maps, whether it's a road atlas or what, um, you know, here throughout this part of the country. I don't know if it's throughout the whole United States, but you can get a gazetteer made by uh, Delorme or Delorme, ever how you want to say it. If you're real proper, say Delorme. It's a French word. It's cool. How's that sound? But um, uh, also carry a fixed blade knife, bandana, and sturdy gloves. Those are things that are pretty much in my truck right now. They're all there. And so um, that is in my truck. I also have a kit in my house in case I need to grab something and, and handle some sort of situation. Then I've got those things that are that are going with me as well. Thoughts, additions, takeaways there, David? So that would be a lot of personal safety stuff, right? Yeah. 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 That, would oh, be, yeah. that would be that category, right? Yeah. We haven't talked about hydration. So I've got no. someday, someday, man, I would love to do a video with you just comparing our our individual first aid kits just because I think it would, it would help people a lot. Uh, much the same. Much the same things in mine. I've just got some larger triangular band-aids, um, some more complicated things. Uh, uh, you know, I've got a chest seal. And actually, the base of my kit came from, I think I did, was it your advanced survival class? And we had talked, or, oh, it was a class that you did here, and I asked you to, to take people through your individual first aid kit and i i kind of adopted what your base kit was and then i i added some things of my own but i think you really covered the bait without getting into getting really really into it and confusing people i think if they have the items that you just mentioned they're in really pretty good shape and and they know how to use them and they have some training i just want to emphasize to stop the bleed and and just standard uh, cpr first aid training yeah, man. Mm, absolutely. Yeah, good stuff. And uh, I'm just going to mention the folks, just in case we lose anybody, if you've got the tiny survival guide, a lot of this, I think all of this stuff, Craig, yeah, really, everything you mentioned outside of having the maps and GPS for this uh, personal safety section, pretty much everything and more is in section G of the tiny survival guide. There's uh, basically three, 
four levels. There's a small kit that can fit in a mint tin. There's a medium kit. There's a trauma kit. And there's an EDC closing checklist. So really, that's four kits in that section people can reference to. Yeah, to, to give some people some insight on the tiny guys, one of the things that we did is David would put a list together, I would put a list together, and then we mesh them up, see what matched. Mm-hmm. And and it was a game of trying to find the right information to fit into that guide because, golly, man, that thing is packed full of information. So that's that's how we came about coming up with those checklists. So everything we're talking about to, today, yeah, pick up the tiny survival guide and you've got these lists laid out for you. But I think it's worthy of our discussion to hear some of the reasoning why some of that stuff was in there. That's one thing you can't put in a tiny survival guide is to carry this and this is why kind of mm-hmm. thing. So and I, we'll try to do that for you today as well. I, I just want to mention to people that these lists that we're getting in our systems they're just what we've kind of adopted over time. And, and I know that you're like this too, Craig. I, uh, you're going to, I even saw some items on your list that ended up on your list over the last year, even as we've been doing this podcast, because this stuff hey, always changes. Let me throw this in there. Yeah. Man, some of my stuff changed after class this past weekend. I mean, it, 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 I mean, my stuff is, and this is the hardest thing about putting together a guide or a book is I, I think it, everything's really comprehensive and we've done an excellent job. And I'm not just saying that because we're selling them. I, we've done an excellent job. And that's just all there is to it. However, one of the reasons I think it's an excellent job is because you have somebody like um, David that's practicing and doing his stuff. And then you've got me who's practicing and doing, plus I'm looking at dozens and dozens if not hundreds of people throughout the year that are screwing things up doing things right and so we have this accumulation of information where we can we can try to share that with you all and that's that's where all this comes from so you know for example i mean something that's come up really heavily we were talking about this on my facebook group today was was electrolytes and nutrition and the right things because i seized up in class I made the fatal instructor mistake of making sure all my people in my class were taken care of, but I did not hydrate properly. And in the middle of the night on Saturday night, my legs got hard as rocks and I, I wasn't going to move. So, but fortunately we had, I had learned a lesson uh, earlier last year about taking some Pedialyte and some other things in powder form in case somebody had got into trouble and that person ended up being me. And so, um, you know, there's, there's things that we're, we're, we're actually, I, I want to get somebody on the podcast <laughs> to talk about nutrition and supplements and the things that we can carry to keep that sort of thing from happening. I am, I'm actually on Amazon right now. I don't have my Pedialyte yet and I'm going to like click buy now here <laughs> next time you start talking because that happens to me all the time. And Craig, as you know, when we've done trainings together, Craig has been my my uh best friend as far as making sure that i stay hydrated and uh i'm taking care of myself and i've been in that situation before so yeah but the big the big lesson here the lesson learned is you got to get out and use this stuff uh cycle through your gear uh just go on a hike and just bring your your base kit with you just practice just get out there and use it Put yourself in situations that aren't aren't mission critical, where uh, you can see what works, what doesn't work. Get out to a training, and uh, 
continue to modify your kit, not just based on what Craig and I are saying or somebody on YouTube or another podcast, but but make your kit work for you. We've all got uh, different skills, uh, different budgets, all of that. You can you can put together a really good kit for you know fifty bucks if you know what you're looking for and you are resourceful about what you already have around the house. All right, man. What's next? Let's get in thermal regulation, right. keeping our bodies cool and where they need to be and warm when they need to be. So one of the things that I carry for cold weather or several things that I carry for cold weather is I always carry extra ignition sources, which includes a ferro rod and a weatherproof lighter. Again, Exotac has been a good company for me to utilize. I just love their stuff. They have some pretty innovative products. They they make a, uh, a rubberized uh, Bic lighter cover that keeps it from getting wet. Um, I have fuel sources. Again, this is in that tier two. This is not something I'm going to carry in my pocket necessarily. Fuel sources, I'm a big fan of fast fire. I'm a big fan of different pieces of cordage that you can utilize for a fire, so I keep those in my truck toolbox. Uh, and in, in my wife and her vehicle, she has a kit in her back that has this stuff in it. I have sheltering supplies in there, which includes a reflective blanket, a garbage bag, and a tarp. And one of the things that we did in class this weekend, it was 25 pounds or less. And so the guys basically had to make the decision whether they wanted to sleep good or eat good during class. That was their choice because you can't really, well, I mean, you could, but I mean, it was, it was kind of 25 pounds or less is the goal of the, the goal of the class is for people to go, man, that's not much weight. And then at the end of the class, they're going, wow, that's plenty of weight. That's all kind of, man, that's, that's comfy. And so uh, they did that. But one of the things that was utilized by several of the guys was a reflective blanket in a garbage bag because they're just so versatile. They're lightweight. They don't take up much space. They don't cost much. And, and so we had some good pieces of equipment that are easy to use like that. And then the next one is weather appropriate clothing, pay attention to the weather. And we've been having this discussion around my house here recently but when we over the holidays going and seeing my parents my wife's parents uh they're always talking about the weather they're you know 60s and 70s age and um retired sitting around the house watching the weather channel and or not watching weather channel but watching local weather local weather is terrible you all it's terrible just quit watching it get an app where you don't have some emotional attachment to the person that you're listening to who's trying to get you to stay on the show so you can listen to what he or she has to say so you can buy commercials. Just get an app that is just, here's the data, here's the info, this is what you need to know, move on. So make sure you're paying attention to the weather and you're taking clothes with you for that weather. Does that make sense, David, what I'm saying there? Yeah. Yeah, that's perfect. You, and you've got to do that. And one one thing, there's a tendency out there, and this especially can affect you, I'm going to say, more in the spring, at least in our, our climate zones, Craig. In the spring and in the fall, you may, you may say, hey, I'm going to go for a hike on a new trail that I've never gone on before because I've got the Gaia app and it's showing me all these great trails that I didn't even know were there. And it's you. It's eleven o'clock, or let, let's just say it's 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 nice out. It's very nice out. Well, I have found that 
the weather is always late here. <laughs> it just seems to always be late. So uh, hmm. what you want to make sure that you do is don't, you can't go based on how it feels when you walk out your door. What I would say is just as far as clothing, make sure that you've got a margin of error on both sides. Hey, it could get colder or rainy. Hey, it could get warmer. What am I going to do as far as clothing? And I think we carried, we covered this fairly well in the last podcast that we did together. As far as sheltering, I like your shelter ideas, trash bags, um, maybe just to be a little bit more specific, I recommend, and I, I think you do too, the ones that are th- uh, contractor bags. They're a bit bigger. I think they are f- 40, 50, or 60-gallon bags, and the ones that are th- three mil thick are really, really durable. And there's a big difference, I think, in contractor bags and like your regular hefty bag and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, I would also add to that, uh, get a clear plastic bag rather than a black one if you're carrying items in it you can see the items okay if you're going to utilize it for water purification and build a transpiration setup then clear is always better Mm -hmm. than black uh, just because that's how science works the sunlight has to pass through the bag and black does not allow it to pass through easily whereas um, the clear plastic bag will Mm -hmm. so there you go now you're pretty much focused around like light, easy to carry and affordable items here as far as thermoregulation and protection from the weather. Did you want to stay there? Or did you want me to just talk about an, like a next tier up in thermoregulation or, or do we want to save that for another time? Yeah, we, we can, if, yeah, let's, I, I carry a tarp with me in my vehicle too. And one of the things I want to bring out, cause man, there was a lot of people that when I did the research for book one, uh, died because if you get stranded in a vehicle situation, stay with the car because that's a shelter and it's a really good shelter. There was just so many heartbreaking stories that I had to read through just absolutely heartbreaking. I'm not just being, you know, dramatic by saying it, just heartbreaking where family members left the car to go save everybody. And the people that stayed at the car lived and the people that went looking for help died. And, it wasn't that the people that left found somebody search and rescue found the people later. And if everybody would have just stayed with the mm-hmm. car, everybody would still be alive. So your car is a Absolutely. shelter. That's a, that's a great point. Yeah. If you have to use a cutting, use a cutting tool to cut the, cut some of the foam out so that you can rearrange it better in the seats. But usually it'll stay better if you just use it the way it is and then pack your car with these kind of supplies we're talking about. You know, and, and, and we're going to have some more supplies in the, in the next tier. That's for sure. A tarp is great. Uh, specific tarp that I found particularly handy. And Craig, a couple of years ago when I did your advanced survival training in the winter, I think we had a very similar situation where, <laughs> uh, sorry, I was laughing. I was laughing at the group that lost, like, <laughs> they lost like two sleeping bags in a shelter. Everything. Yeah. Everything. And they, uh, they did okay. They figured it out. But dude, let me tell you, that class that you came to compared to the one that I just taught, that one that you came to would have been a vacation. These cat this place that we went to, we we go way down, way down in, in the bottom of nowhere. Oh nice. And uh dude, it's it's 
yeah, if you get a chance, get on my, for those that are listening, get on my Nature Reliance School Facebook page. And you'll see the pictures of this epic location. But, um, but it, it was more built on communication skills. And I, they just start, most of the people started off with about 15 pounds of gear, Did 15 really? to 20. Good for them. Yeah. And they, and they crushed it. I mean, rocked it. We had coffee. I mean, I don't drink coffee, but several of them had coffee. So that was a nice little um, morale boost. Everybody ate good. Everybody slept good. And I'll tell you what I did that I haven't done in a very, very long time. But it was it got down to 29 the second night, and I laid down directly on the ground. Nothing underneath of me except a Gore-Tex bivy and had a blanket on top of me and stayed nice. warm. Nice. That was it. Had a fire, obviously. But, uh, but I didn't use... I didn't, I didn't have any padding and, and made it. Now there was no snow on the ground. So that was, that's a big part of it, but yeah, worked out good. That's cool. Embraced the side. And I'm guessing, I'm guessing that the folks that were under 20 pounds, that was a dry weight because water, water starts to put on weight. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they hydrated before we left, and then we went to a place where we purified water. Yeah, I agree about the tarp, Craig. I was just going to mention the uh, Kelty Noah's tarp. And I think, yeah, when I was out there for your advanced survival training, there's a video up on YouTube that actually we actually went through my kit. And it was, it was, yeah, it was too much, but I was still under your, your weight. And I used the uh, Kelty's Noah's tarp for that. That worked out really good. Uh, let's see here. Anything else? Everything you said was, was fantastic. Again, a lot of the stuff is it's minimal investment on your part. I was just looking here at the, the gear list on the pocket 45 advanced EDC survival kit that we have. There's some Ranger bands for fire extender. Triple antibiotic is a good one for first aid and fire extender. Uh, duct tape is in that kit. There's a, a ferro rod strike anywhere matches. If you get them, the only ones that I found that work, don't, don't go with the marketing, get the Yuko brand. Yuko legit Yuko brand is the only one, only strike anywhere matches anymore that I found that work on any rough surface. And there's a pack of uh, 20 matches. Uh, the diamond ones I think are, are, good uh tinder quick works good and then in that kit we have a it's basically just a birthday candle a mini candle for fire extender and light so those are a lot of those are just basic items you can you already have with you and that makes up a really nice uh, starter kit for temperature regulation all right man uh where you want to go from here well we can go ahead and dig into water i think we should go ahead and dig into that that's something that's going to go with me okay. every day. Um, and the next level of this, not in the level, but the next step into this is make sure our hydration needs are met. I'm a big fan of a stainless steel water bottle. I'm also a big fan of filtration and purifying equipment. Uh, the more I, the more the training I did with the DEA, the more I got f- focused in on getting something that could purify water, not just filter it. And, uh, so that's important. And another thing is I'd like to carry with me the knowledge of where water sources are in the area that I'm traveling. So if I have to travel far on, uh, and I'm, this sounds like I'm a super paranoid weirdo, but 
on a regular basis, I will stop and look at a map and go, okay, if I need to find water, this is where I'll go from here. And, um, if, if I'm not seeing, I don't think you're weird. Doesn't everybody do that? Hmm. (laughs) No, (laughs) no. So, uh, outside of that, uh, I, I try to stay hydrated. I start my day with water. I end my day with water and I drink water throughout the day. And I say that and people are going, man, I hate drinking water. I don't know if there's anybody hates drinking water any more than I do. Uh, I just don't, I don't like it. I don't like it, but, but, but I started having some serious back problems and knee and hip issues a few years ago and just thought, man, I'm done. I'm not going to be able to walk. Uh, I've, I've wrecked my body so bad. I'm not going to be able to walk. And it turned out I, I was just simply dehydrated and had been for years. Uh, most Americans walk around dehydrated. And when I started committing myself to drinking the amount of water that I'm supposed to drink a day, my back issues went away. Most of my, uh, hip issues went away and my knee issues went away. It was a hydration issue. It wasn't a necessarily a musculoskeletal problem. It was a hydration issue. That's really interesting. And that, that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, your cells just start to break down and things do not work right when you're dehydrated. And you're right. I saw some statistics that were astounding. I think it was almost like 80% of Americans walk around dehydrated. Yeah. What's the first sign of dehydration, Greg, just so everybody knows? Oh, man, there's a lot of signs. But uh, Mm -hmm. a desire for thirst. Another one that comes up more often than most, and I did a... Man, I can't remember who it was I interviewed on this. Some nutritionist said that a lot of people's feeling of hunger, where you think that you're hungry, is actually your body wanting water and not actually food. And so if you're getting a hunger pain or just a, you know, a twinge of hunger, then drink some water and see if that takes care of it. Oftentimes it will. And so that's a sign. Uh, I like mm, to pull the skin up on the back of my my hands to see if it stands up, but I can, but I can tell you right now for me personally, and this is why I don't want to say this is the thing for me personally in my, and people have a, uh, usually will have a set of muscles that have problems more people than, than, uh, well, the majority of people will find this in their abdomen where they'll start getting cramps in their muscle tissue. I, however, am another weirdo. I start getting cramps in my calves when I, when I'm getting close to getting dehydrated. And if I'm doing that, then I have to drink water. There is absolutely no ands, if, or buts about it. And then I can drink, well, I can drink, you know, eight to 10 ounces of water and then my calves will quit hurting. That's a big indicator for me, but that's, you know, paying a lot of close attention to handling myself in dehydrated situation. And you're talking about the kind of cramps where you're, you're sleeping and your, your leg just locks up, right? I don't know if anybody else has experienced that. No, no. no. Okay. So, so my initial, my initial feeling that I get is those cramps. It just feels like an ache in my calves. Now what happened to me in survival class last weekend is I woke up and my legs were locked straight. I could not bend my foot. I could not bend my knees. I could not articulate my hips. I was like a big rolling around on the ground log as one of the Craig log rolling around and in the middle of the night. And that was not cool, man. Mm-mm. It was, I mean, I'm thinking I've got another whole day and a half of class to teach. <laughs> this sucks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, uh, but you know, I, I took them things that I needed mm-hmm. to fix somebody and it, that somebody just ended up being me. Mm-hmm. 
Two times I get most dehydrated is when I travel and when I do survival training. No joke. Um, yeah, those those are really dude. I drank a I drank a gallon of water that day, David. Wow. Yeah. The night that that happened, I drank a water a gallon of water that day. And it was cold. It still was it cold? To me. Yeah. The cold does suck. It's I wouldn't. Sw- it sucks the moisture out mm-hmm. of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. For me, it's thirst, headache, dark urine, and muscle cramps in that order, for sure. As far as signs of dehydration. If you don't have some stuff, let's get into food and and call it a show. We're up at fifty two minutes already, brother. All right. Let me just throw in a couple of things on hydration tools. Yeah. Okay, a couple of things on hydration tools just to add, because you had mentioned a water purifier. I'm not sure what you're using, Craig, but as far as water purification, um, we can sterilize water boiling in your in your single-walled stainless steel canteen like you mentioned that you carry. And I carry some water purification tablets with me, and thank you, Craig. That was one thing that you said was you would definitely, definitely add to any kits that that we do through tiny survival. And I have done that. Um, I'm using as far as filtration, I'm using a, just in my everyday carry. It's always, it's always in my ACC, my, my backpack that I grab if I'm going to get in the car. I'm using the, uh, Katadyne, uh, be free. It's, it's a one liter. It's just a little squeezy filter. I've found that that works out really good and it's a low profile, but if I want to take a purification tool, it's going to be at least still for me, unless you have some recommendations, Craig, the uh, first need water purifier that's been around for years. It's fantastic. It's a canister canister based thing. It can, it can, I'm not going to say that you could drink your pee running it through there, but um, it, it'll turn, it, it does a really, really good job. Uh, filtering and purifying and i i guess that really covers it as far as the basics maybe maybe like the next or maybe the podcast after we can talk about some more advanced tools like if people were not if they were never going home what they might want to carry but i think that's good for hydration for now what do you want to get into next let's talk about some calories energy all right cool. fruit loops and stuff like that how's that sound are you serious? <laughs> no, no. Hey, one of the things that uh, that I highly recommend for energy <laughs> is Daytrex meals. Um, I passed. Uh, I took a. What's I always that? have a package of them with. Me. I don't even know what that huh? is. I don't even know. Oh, what come that on, is. dude. You know what these are. These are okay. the you've had. You've showed them in class. You just call them a different name. Okay. These are the meals that get stuck in life rafts on big boats. Uh, they're packaged up in the boats, and so if you get lost at sea, you can open up a survival kit, and these Daytrex meals are going to be in there. You can buy them nearly anywhere now, and they're these individual, I call them cookies, because if you think of them as cookies, oh, yeah. they taste like okay. cookies. So they're individually wrapped cookies that come in a vacuum-sealed package. They're calorie-dense. They've got, I think, for one small package, about the size of uh, half of a brick, uh, it was 3,600 calories. And each one of those little wrapped cookies you can pull out and, and you can, it makes it easy. One of the reasons I like this idea for food is that it helps you to 
spread them out over time. You can go, okay, I get one cookie for the next three days or whatever, and or two cookies or whatever it might be. And I passed them out to students who had never had them before. And, and they were like, wow, that's actually good. Now I've done classes before where that's all I ate for a week just to see what happened to my feces, what happened to me, did, you know, my morale and, you know, three days in eating nothing but those cookies, they suck. But, but, uh, as far as, uh, Hey, I've got to have something in the car for a couple of days. They're not bad. I mean, they're enough nutrition to get you what you need to, to help you even be functional, even more functional than just, Hey, I'm just sitting here doing nothing. And, uh, they work pretty well. I'm big, big fan of them. Big for, fan for of the them. short term, for the uh, short term. Very much, very much on the short term. And because they're so lightweight, uh, taking something like ramen noodles, just noodle packs, because you, they don't take up much space. They're lightweight. Doesn't take, I mean, we we've done classes where people have ate them without water and because we didn't have water and you can make that happen without much trouble. And it'll give you some energy to get up and out and get stuff done. But, um, you know, it, it just provides you with some energy, lightweight. There's all kinds of things we can, we could talk about that subject. And we did, we talked about it at length. If you look back, we interviewed, uh, Bob with MRE Nation, uh, he he went into food in depth. So look back at that podcast. It's a fantastic podcast. I learned so much from that dude. Yeah, it's good stuff. I carry, Craig, mostly food bars. Uh, my my general preference is something like a kind gar, kind gar, kind bar, something like a kind bar, those sorts of things. Almost always. When you get the higher density bars, you're going to get somewhere around 220 to 300 calories per bar. So that gives you a, if, if the average, do you know what the average caloric uh, intake for a person is for an adult? So like 21, 2400 calories, but just know that it's really, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Why? (laughs) You've been eating a lot of cheeseburgers lately. Man, I'll tell you what. No, I I don't get nearly that many calories in a day. I don't even get close to that. No, no, no. I'm sorry. I think it's like 1,600. I think I was was high. I think it's like uh, 15 15 to 1,600 for an average adult male. Yeah. But, yeah, I do have some of the, what you call the day tricks, uh, compressed food meals and uh you know that's a that's certainly a a good option just for i always i'm i just pulled it out of my bag i always have a one quart bag stuffed full with uh, various different kinds of food bars cliff bars are really really sugary but you know they're good in a pinch there's some candy in here uh lately in our pocket survival kits, we have been putting Jolly Ranchers. So uh, Jolly Ranchers, I like the idea of even just the the Raymond Pride uh, type noodles. The thing is, food's really psychological, isn't it, Craig? Like having the energy and having a balanced diet is nice, but there's just something about filling your belly, and that that's helpful with some with some carbohydrates. So oatmeal packs, um, 
you know, noodles, like Craig was mentioning, those sorts of things, those are all, those are all fantastic to carry. And you can, you can, you can literally just for a couple of bucks, get yourself a, a one quart zip freezer bag and load it up with whatever you can load it in. And I just keep mine right in. I've a, got a pretty nifty pouch in the front of my pack that I, I always just keep it in there. The big thing is, Craig, sometimes I don't want to pull from that that pack. And then especially things with nuts and oils can go rancid on you. So you want to be cycling through things and, and all of that because you don't want to grab for your stuff. And that's the thing about the Daytrex packs. They're like vacuum sealed, right? And they have a really, really long shelf life. Yeah, man. I, I can't even remember what it is because the pair, the ones that we utilized this weekend, I'd had in my garage for a long time. <laughs> Carried them around in my truck a lot too. And I thought, you know, let's just go ahead and bust these open and see how they do. I mean, it's, it's probably been at least eight or nine years. I don't know what the hmm. shelf life is on mm-hmm. those things. Yep. Uh, pemmican, beef jerky, those sorts of things are good. And I do, I know you're not a coffee guy, but I do carry a small pack of fresh coffee beans, which will give you give you a little jolt and a pinch if you need it. Dude, I did a really extended uh, survival class that you know of uh, that I did a, a couple of years ago. It was like a 30, 40 day thing. <laughs> and every morning I, I always popped a few of the uh, coffee beans and it was a big help. <laughs> it was a big help. Yeah. I had a dude and I had a dude in class this weekend that was dipping coffee grounds instead of, you know, regular tobacco. He would get up and he just, he put that in his lip just to give him a little jazz, you know, make him feel a little bit home. It's a special forces. A lot of special forces guys kind of, you know, go through their training. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, heck, all military guys, Zane did. Yeah. Zane had never dipped or anything like that, and he dipped coffee grounds through basic training mm-hmm. several times. Yep. They almost have to stay awake. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's good stuff, Craig. We are we are almost at an hour here. What do you say we wrap this up and get back to it where we left off next time? Yeah, that sounds good. Let's do that. All right, guys and gals, thanks for joining us for this look into gear. And the tiers of gear, we'll be covering some more in our next podcast. So please join us as we begin laying out basically what is is going to be a complete preparedness system. Uh, we're going to have weekly action steps for you. Uh, you're going to be able to assess your current preparedness, and you're going to get ready for any disaster by the end of this year. It's going to take us through the whole year to make sure we get that to you. So it's very important. So subscribe to the podcast. We really appreciate it. That's one of the best ways that you can support, and it doesn't cost you a dime, is just subscribe. When you subscribe, these podcasts get downloaded to you, and that really helps us, all those downloads and all that cool stuff. So if you haven't already, go and subscribe to our podcast right now. It's free, absolutely 100% free, and that way you don't miss out on any of these subjects as we start throwing them out to you moving forward. Many thanks to several of you we already know several of you are already doing that we appreciate it and we would humbly ask if you enjoy the podcast please share it with your friends and go over to itunes and google play and spotify and all those places to give us a five-star rating we really appreciate it click on the links in the description below there's all kinds of cool stuff that are coming from tinysurvival.com there's a lot of info coming on that real soon david will have us updated probably couple podcasts from now sportsman's guy check it out all kinds of ammo cheap super cheap over there check it 
And I think that's it, boys and girls. I think thank you for listening. We'll see you next time on the Survival Show Podcast. Keep it simple, be positive, and stay sharp. <laughs>